Hey, thank you for joining us online today for Renewal Church. Why not take a second and share this? I bet there's someone out there who could use hope and freedom in Jesus' name today. And maybe if you shared this, it would reach that person. Hey, today is going to be a great day. We're talking about faith and the blessings it brings into your life. So you're going to hear a couple of songs. It'll be uplifting, hopefully, for you. You're going to hear from my daughter, Hattie, explain the story of Abraham. And it's about 90% right, so pretty good. And then I'm going to share some practical ways that you can bring the blessings of faith into your everyday life. I hope you love it. And I'll be talking to you again in a few minutes here. Enjoy the service. What's up, church? We're happy to have you with us today. If I could just have you do two things this morning. Number one, share this link with somebody that you know. You know, right now it's easier than ever to invite somebody to church. You just have to send them a link. They don't even have to get out of their pajamas and they can come to church. So do that real quick. And then the second thing, uh, if you guys would do this for us, you know, we want to be able to interact with you guys kind of and, and be able to see your smiling faces so if you guys could take a picture of yourself and whoever you're watching with and post it on your instagram story and tag at renewal boston so tag the church and then put the hashtag how we worship we want to see your sunday morning setups and we want to see your faces and then we can repost those on the church instagram so if you just do those two things for us real quick, and we'll jump into worship. I was blind, now I'm seeing in color. I was dead, now I'm living forever. I had failed, but you were my redeemer. I've been blessed beyond all measure. I was lost, now I'm found by the Father. I've been changed from a ruinous treasure. I've been given a hope and a future. I've been blessed beyond all measure I am counting every blessing Counting every blessing Letting go and trusting when I cannot see I am counting every blessing Counting every blessing Surely every season you are good to me Oh, to me oh you are good to me you were there in the valley of shadows you were there in the depths of my sorrows you're my strength my hope for tomorrow I've been blessed beyond all measure I am counting every blessing, counting every blessing, letting go and trusting when I cannot see. I am counting every blessing, counting every blessing, surely every season you are good to me. to me. 
Surely your goodness pursues me Surely your heart is still for me I will remember your mercy for all my days Through every storm and gale I am counting every blessing Counting every blessing Letting go and trusting when I cannot see I am counting every blessing Counting every blessing Surely every season you are good to me I am counting every blessing Counting every blessing Letting go and trusting when I cannot see I am counting every blessing Counting every blessing Surely every season you are good to me to me Oh, you are good to me Here, mending every heart. 
that you are faithful in all your promises. God, I pray that you help us to rely more on your promises and to know that you are faithful to follow through with what you say. God, you are the way maker, you're the miracle worker, and you're the promise keeper. And God, I thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, my name is Adri, and on behalf of Renewal, we're so glad that you're here with us today. If you haven't already, go ahead and take just a couple of minutes to share the link to our online service with people that you know. Go ahead, pull out your phone, we know that it's nearby, and send the link to our online service to people on your story, on your feed. You can even text it to people. And watch what God does when you share that message of hope with people. 
Later this month, we are celebrating baptisms, which is such a beautiful and amazing step in our journey of faith as believers. And so if that's something that's been on your heart for some time, or maybe you just want to learn more, go ahead and click the box on the connection card to get more information, and we'd be happy to send that to you. We hope that you enjoy the rest of the service today. We're continuing in our series called Life Hacks, where we are studying characters and people in the Old Testament who have something to share with us that can help to make our lives better. Tell me the story of Abraham sacrificing Isaac. Um, so he takes his son up the mountain and then he, he, he builds an altar and he lays him down and then an angel of the Lord comes and, and he, and does he kill his son? No. What happens instead? He, an angel bring, kills a bull by its horns, and he, he and he sacrifices that instead of his son, and that's the ending. That's the ending. Good morning, and thank you for watching Renewal Church Online. Hey, before we dig in today, why don't you take a second and share this. We have had people watching from all over the world, whether it's Indonesia, England, Austria, and in fact, just this past week, someone who has only watched us online in Roxbury took that step to cross the line of faith and find hope and freedom in Jesus. And so when you share this, you never know where it's going to go or how God's going to use it. Well, thank you for joining us online today. We're going to be talking all about faith. And I want to talk to those of you who are not Christians, or maybe maybe you just put it this way, I'm not a religious person. You know, you may not be a church person, and I get it. Because if you don't normally go to church, it seems kind of like a hobby, except it's like a hobby where you show up and they're like, you're going to put money in the offering plate, right? And then a little bit later, if you keep coming, they're like, hey, thanks for coming. Would you now serve in the kids ministry? And so if you compare that to running or hiking or going to the YMCA or something like that, like I get it. So here's what I want to do today. I'm not going to talk about organized religion. I'm not going to talk about the church. Now, obviously, I believe in that. I'm the pastor of a faith community. If you ever get to the point in your life where, where you're like, man, I could use some community and healthy relationships, you can talk to me or email me about that and, I, and I'll help you with that. But today, there's no gotcha moment. We're just gonna talk about faith straight up. And you may be the kind of person who says, you know, uh, the outdoors is my church. I can find God at the beach. And for today, let me just say, that is okay. We are gonna talk about faith. And the reason that we're doing this is because when faith is in your life, there's incredible blessings that come from that. And when faith is not in your life, you're going to miss out on some of the blessings that God has for you. 
Let me share with you some of the blessings that I've learned from both from reading the Bible and just kind of the experience of life that I've had over the past uh, couple decades of following Jesus. One of them is a healthy marriage. One of the blessings of following God is that you're in a marriage where two people, instead of fighting with each other all the time, are loving each other and serving each other and sacrificing for each other. You need God's blessing on your marriage. If you're single, you need God's blessing on your singleness. You know, loneliness is a part of it for some people, but for other people, you don't feel so lonely. But for everybody, there's kind of this sense of, is this God's permanent plan for me? Is this going to be a forever situation? God is, and for many people, it's God, are you going to work this out sooner rather than later? You want to have contentment in your singleness and purpose in the middle of that. And that's one of the blessings. You need God's blessing in your career, knowing that beyond just the money that you're making a difference and you have a purpose in what God has called you to do there in your career. You need God's blessing on your kids so that they're not constantly fighting with each other and your home can be a place of positivity and positive words and things like that. You need God's blessing to break destructive habits. Have you ever been there? Man, I I know that I have. And I needed God's blessing in my life to break free of these destructive habits that were just killing me. And I, didn't, I felt like I didn't have the self-control or the willpower or whatever you call it to get free. But when God is in your life and faith is in your life, He sets you free. You need God's blessing on your, on your relationships. Not just your, your, your um, <laughs> romantic relationships, but just your friends and coworkers too. To have those kind of healthy people in your life that help build you up and don't tear you down. You need God's blessing to deal with the loss of people that you love. Because sometimes when you're grieving, you get stuck. And you can get stuck there for years. But with God in your life, He blesses you so that, not so that you can move on from someone, but so that you can move through that grief in a healthy way. You need God's blessing to deal with regrets in your life. I cannot tell you how many people I talk to that are dealing with regret. I I wish I had done it differently and now I can't forgive myself. And when God is in your life because of faith, God blesses you and helps you to forgive others and forgive yourself. Those are all blessings that come from faith in your life. In fact, the Bible talks about the reality that without faith, you're not going to be blessed by God. You're not going to please God. Listen to this verse from Hebrews chapter 11. Here's what it says. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It's just one of those like, of course, verses from the Bible where it's like, you know, if you're going to come to him and experience his blessings in your life, you got to believe that he exists and that he rewards people who seek him. That's really the essence of faith, isn't it? Is that if I, if I trust in him enough that it changes my life, I'll be blessed. Now, let me share with you something that is kind of crazy. Christians, you know, people who say, okay, I, I follow Jesus. I'm a sinner. I need a savior. I follow Jesus. I have a relationship with God. Christians miss out on all these blessings of faith too. You know why? Because you're not blessed just because you wear a label that says Christian on it. That's not where the blessings come from. They don't come from the label that you wear. The blessings come when you trust God enough that it changes your life, when it changes the way you act and interact with people and your kids and your marriage and your career and all those things. When you trust God enough that it changes how you live, that's when you find blessing. 
So that's what we're talking about today. We're in a series called Life Hacks, talking about one Old Testament character at a time. This is the second to last week. Next, next week is the last week. I wanted to highlight one of the female characters in the Old Testament. We'll look at Esther. But this week, we're talking about Abraham. And Abraham's called the father of faith, which is why we're, we're talking about Abraham, talking about faith. And it's not because he founded a religion. He didn't. Abraham never went to a church. He never went to a synagogue. Abraham didn't found a religion, but he was a person of faith, of deep faith that wasn't just up here, but it worked its way out here into the way he lived. And as we look at Abraham's life, we're going to see that um, the blessings of faith are available to anyone who just trusts God enough to do what he says. That's it. So let's look at the life of Abraham together. Let me read to you from Hebrews chapter 11. This is a retelling of the story of Abraham from one of the New Testament authors, one of the first followers of Jesus. And I'm using this because it summarizes the story of Abraham, so it's very succinct. Listen to what it says. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Now, a couple of things I want to point out about this passage in the Bible. The first thing is, it's a weird story, right? It's just such a strange story. First of all, you have to understand that God promised Abraham descendants that would outnumber the sand on the seashore, the stars in the sky, but that all of those great-grandchildren and great-great-great-grandchildren would come through one kid, and that was Isaac. So when God asks Abraham to, to sacrifice Isaac, part of it is, hey, Abraham, are you willing to release Uh, this promise that I've given you, are you willing to um, give up everything that you think in your power is going to achieve that promise? That's probably the better way to say it. So that's the first thing. The second reason that it's weird is that God asks Abraham to sacrifice his own son. And like, let's not skip over that. There's nothing in the story where you read that and you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that seems like a normal thing for people. It's like, no, what? What is going on here? But to understand that, you have to know that child sacrifice was practiced in ancient Canaan. It was practiced throughout the ancient world. You know, maybe you've heard of it with the the Incan Empire in Central or South America. It was happening in Canaan as well. And there's archaeological evidence for that. I wrote some of it down. There's the evidence from Plutarch, one of the Greek authors, who mentions it in his writings. We have a cylinder seal from Babylon where they've, they've carved a little picture of child sacrifice. So boy, that's, a, that's an interesting one. And then lastly, they found the burnt bones of animals and children mixed together at the city of Carthage. And so, you know, at that particular time in history, it would not be uncommon for people to think a God had asked them to sacrifice their children, which to us, of course, is like, wow, that's crazy. But it didn't seem strange to Abraham at the time. What's strange about the story to Abraham is that God stops him, right? It's it's like, oh, this God is not like those other gods. He does not like child sacrifice. He detests it. He hates it because every life is precious to him. That was what was so remarkable about God to Abraham. But let's face it, from our vantage point, 
It's a, it's a strange story. The second thing I want to point out is that this story shows us how faith works, that there's a sort of mechanics to faith. Faith means taking action I wouldn't normally take today for hope of a future blessing. It's kind of like uh, kind of like how a farmer would live, right? I, I have this seed in front of me and I need to eat it. But what I need to do is I need to sacrifice some of that seed. I need to take some of that seed and plant it in a hope that I'll get a future blessing from it, right? So I'm making a sacrifice today in hope of a future blessing. And I, am ha- and I have faith that my current sacrifice will lead to future blessing. So the question of the story of Abraham and Isaac is, if you take this same logic and push it to its absolute limit, if I were to make a great enough sacrifice in the right way, how great would the potential future blessing be? You see, that's the mechanics of faith. It's not just about, I believe something up here. It's about, I'm risking something. I'm sacrificing something with my hands, trusting that it will work out in the end. It is that action that is core to what faith is. Now, the Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard wrote a book about this story of Abraham and Isaac called Fear and Trembling. And in it, he talks about how that action of sacrifice is one of the the key components of faith. Here's, Here's the kind of key quote from the book. He says, if anyone on the verge of action should judge himself according to the outcome, he would never begin. Even though the result may gladden the whole world, that cannot help the hero, for he knows the result only when the whole thing is over. And that is not how he became a hero, but by virtue of the fact that he began. For Kierkegaard, action is the essence of faith. And so from Abraham, we learn one of the most important lessons of the whole Bible, that faith is trusting God enough to do what he says. That's faith. Faith is trusting God enough to do what he says. It's not just belief out here. It's that the beliefs in here get turned into actions out there. That's faith. And the final thing I want to point out from this passage is that Abraham's faith depends on God's promises. In Abraham's particular example of faith, God had made him a verbal, out loud promise that all of Abraham's grandchildren and great-grandchildren would come through this one child, Isaac. In fact, here's what the promise actually says in Genesis 21. Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. So if you're going to make a decision that goes against what seems like your self-interest today, you need, you need a guarantee or at least a high probability that it's going to turn into a blessing for you in the future, right? Otherwise, why would you do it? And the promise that God makes to Abraham functions as the logic of faith. In other words, you know, God is saying, hey, if you do this, then that will happen. So faith is not just flying blind. Faith is living according to God's promises. The promises of God provide that guarantee that God's going to be there and bless you when you take that sacrifice, when you take that action, when you make that risk today. And that's why Abraham did it, because of God's promises. Now, for you and I in our life, thankfully, God's not asking anyone to sacrifice any children anymore. Thankfully, that was a one-time affair and God proved that he hated it. So we're clear on that one. But God still invites you and I to live with faith. And he's inviting us to take those steps of faith so that we find blessing in our lives. 
So when you leave here today and when I leave here, we've got to take action because it's not just what we think that's the essence of faith. It's what we do. Are we trusting God enough to do what he says? Because that's where blessing is found. So uh, here's where we can turn our faith into action the same way that Abraham did. And I've got just a couple points here of how Abraham did it that can translate into our lives so that when we walk out of here, we're living with faith. Here's the first one. I turn my faith into action by embracing God's promises. You know, that's the wording that Hebrews used about Abraham, that he embraced the promises. And that this embracing of God's promises is what turned his belief into action. So how do we embrace the, the promises God has given to us? Well, one way to do that is that many Christians have done before us is by praying the promises of God. Did you know that the Bible has over 5,000 promises in it? Isn't that incredible? I mean, God has promises uh, to never leave you or forsake you. He has promises to bless you. He has promises to provide for you. He has promises to go before you, promises you to give you rest, promises you to give you an eternal home, promises you to help you change, promises you to forgive your past sins, promises you a home in heaven. He promises you to give you peace and wisdom. God promises to fight for you. God promises to favor you and to guide you and to love you. The Bible is full of God's promises. And oftentimes, in the Bible itself, those characters that we read about in the Bible will pray God's promises back to Him. You know, when I take my kids out and we, we go somewhere, if I say, hey, you guys can have ice cream after this, you know, kids consider that a promise, right? And so when we're leaving, what they'll say is, can we get ice cream? And if I say no, you, what do they say? They don't say, oh, well, I've behaved really well. They don't say, uh, yeah, but um, I've got some money. I could chip in for it. No. At that point, they say, you promised, because once the promise is made, the only thing they have to say is they have to bring back up the promise and give it back to me. And that's what we do with God. In the Psalms, we see an example of that. Psalm 119, 58 says this, I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. Do you see the logic there? God, be gracious to me. You promised to be gracious to me. And so we pray the promises back to God. So practically, how do you do this? Well, We've got a 15-day guide to pray the promises of God. And if you fill out your online connection card, we ask every person to do that every week because it's so difficult for us to know who's watching and engaging. Fill out a prayer request on there. We want to pray for you. And just check the box and we'll send you the prayer guide. Maybe do this. Say, just make a commitment to say every day this week, I'm going to pray one of these promises of God. And if it goes well, then I'll do it for one more week and I'll finish and do all 15 promises of God. But take that step today because that will get those promises down into your soul and help you to embrace them so that you can live with faith. So that's the first thing. I embrace God's promises. The second thing, I turn my faith into action by making a sacrifice. And this is the one, of course, that's so much harder because sacrifice isn't fun. Now, here's why it's so important. Imagine for a second that you're married to someone and you say to them, Listen, we're married, but I will not sacrifice for you. I'm not going to sacrifice my career. I'm not going to sacrifice my money. I'm not going to sacrifice my time. I am not sacrificing for you. And imagine even more so that your spouse says the same exact thing to you. I will not sacrifice for you. In that relationship, will you get any blessing out of that marriage? 
No, it's gonna ruin your life. That is gonna be the worst relationship of your entire life because healthy relationships are built on mutual sacrifice and that's where the blessing comes from. The same thing is true with God. We have to sacrifice today for the blessings tomorrow. In fact, you even know this in your career, right? Are you going to get ahead in your career without sacrifice? No, of course you're not. Are you going to build wealth without sacrifice today? Of course you're not, right? Sacrifice is a part of moving forward and healthy relationships. So if you want to be blessed by God in your marriage, your singleness, your finances, or whatever that is, you got to sacrifice. It might mean giving time and energy and attention to someone that God cares about and God wants you to care about. It may mean making a sacrifice financially to love and bless someone. The Bible says when you give to the poor, it's like making a loan to the Lord and he'll pay you back. Right? It might be giving to a cause that God cares about, but just deciding to live with irrational generosity as a way to sacrifice to God. You've got to be willing to sacrifice your comfort, your power, your position. I mean, just to be a parent, you have to do that, right? To honor God in your relationships, you have to be willing to sacrifice those things and lay them down. But the logic of faith says that by God's promises, the blessings you get when you lay down your privileges are a thousandfold. And so if you want to live by faith, you have to make sacrifices today. These sacrifices are the actions of faith. Now, let me tell you, though, that this is the best news out of everything we're going to talk about today. These sacrifices that we make to God, they are not a one-way street. You know, every other God in the universe that this world has ever heard of or made up or thought of requires you to sacrifice for that God, but that God doesn't sacrifice for you. If you sacrifice for your job, your job's not laying down its life for you. If you sacrifice for money or for power, your money is not going to die for your sins. But Jesus did. God loves you so much that he sent his only son to die on a cross and rise from the dead as a perfect, innocent sacrifice so that your sins could be forgiven and so that heaven could be your home and so you could have the power you need to change today. This is the only God anyone has ever heard of who sacrificed for you because he loves you. You know, as we think about Abraham and Isaac, Isaac almost died as an innocent sacrifice. But Jesus did die as an innocent sacrifice. He went to the cross. Isaac was almost pierced. But Jesus' hands and, and feet were pierced with nails to hold him to the cross so that your sins could be forgiven. God laid down his life for you. And so for us, sacrificing back to God is just saying, I love you too. In fact, my favorite passage in the whole Bible is about how deep God's love is for us. Listen to this. Romans 5, 7 through 8 says, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Love grows where we sacrifice for one another. But God isn't waiting for you to go first. He loves you so much. He gave the ultimate sacrifice. He laid down his own life in order to love you first. And now you can say, I love you too. 
you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, you get to go and live this out and experience the blessings that God wants to give you. But if you haven't crossed that line of faith yet today and you say, you know, maybe I believe in God, but I'm not sure that I've ever really put my trust in him. I haven't waved that white flag of surrender in my life. I've really been the God of my life, not, not God. You know, these promises, we like to say that they are available, but they're not automatic. And the way that these promises become your promises is to be in a relationship with God. Just like when I promise my kids ice cream, I don't get ice cream for every kid in the world. I get ice cream for my kids. You know, you need a relationship with God so that these promises are for you. And you can start a relationship with God today by telling him that you're sorry for your past, you want forgiveness, that you believe that Jesus died on the cross so you could be forgiven and rose again to give you freedom and hope and that you wanna live for him. And in fact, that's exactly what I'm gonna pray right now. And so if God's calling you, maybe, maybe this is your day. You can make this prayer your prayer. Let's pray. Father, uh, I am sorry for the way that I've lived. I have lived for me and my kingdom, not for you and your kingdom. And I wanna live a different way. I need you because I could, I could say it, God, I'm a sinner. And I believe that Jesus died for my sins on the cross and I believe that he rose from the dead and I want him to be the leader of my life. God, come into my life, change me, help me to live for you. This day, I commit myself to live your way with faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that, we ask, like I said, we ask everybody to fill out the online connection card. So make sure and check the box that says, um, I'm choosing to follow Christ today. And hey, uh, next week, no, excuse me, the last week of July, we're gonna be doing a baptism service. And so, you know, that's always that first step to plunge your past, to show I'm laying down my will to live for the will of another. And we would love to baptize you. We're gonna do that out at the beach at Southie, safely socially distanced so that we hope you can join us for that as well. Hey, thanks for joining us. I'm gonna see you again next week for Life Hacks. God bless, go in peace. We hope that throughout the service today, you were able to learn and grow in the love of God. We are so grateful to be part of a church that is so generous. And so if you're here today and would love to give to our church so that we can help spread the love of Jesus with others, you can download the Renewal Church Boston app and give through the app. Also, if you're like me and you love listening to podcasts, you can search for Renewal Church Boston on iTunes podcast and listen to our church services on the go. So in case you missed something during the sermon or would like to recap uh, what you learned, you can use the iTunes podcast to listen to the service again. We hope that you have a great week. We thank you for joining us today and we look forward to seeing you next week.